Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 8, Episode 52. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and non-scaly co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode's on reptile safety and transmissible diseases from reptiles. Our topics for this week are keeping reptiles safe when handling, zoonotic diseases of reptiles, and sanitary practices when handling reptiles. The international illegal wildlife trade is more lucrative than drug smuggling because of easier bribery of wildlife and customs officials in many countries than drug enforcement officials and the ease of altering documents, such as faking captive breeding. The risks of being caught are low, and the existing fines are insufficient deterrence. The preferred animals for smuggling are reptiles, since most of them are small, resilient, and require infrequent access to food and water. Rare species command a very high price. Pet reptiles have an extraordinary ability to escape, and many that do not will be abandoned by their owners. Several states, including in the southern United States, are trying to deal with the problem of exotic reptiles escaping or being abandoned and released into the environment. For example, in South Florida, 26% of all fish, reptiles, birds, and mammals are exotic. Feral Burmese and reticulated pythons are particularly a problem. They're ambush predators that have a bad disposition and survive well in environments like the cypress swamps of southern Florida. In 2012, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service listed the Burmese python, yellow anaconda, and northern and southern African pythons as injurious invasive species under the Lacey Act. This makes it a federal crime to import these snakes or transport them across state lines. Thousands of pythons, a non-indigenous species, have been removed from the Everglades National Park, but they remain prevalent. Abby says she'll stay at the Delano Beach Club in Miami, thank you. Aquatic colonians have a smaller plastron, a lower portion of the shell, compared to terrestrial species, and are often unable to completely withdraw their head, neck, and limbs into the shell. To compensate for this, aquatic colonians such as the soft-shelled turtles and snapping turtles are aggressive incapable of inflicting severe bites. Snakes should not be handled within 24 to 48 hours after feeding. Otherwise, they may regurgitate as a defensive tactic 
and become now-nourished. Live food, mice and rats, should not be released in a box with a snake because the snake may be injured, especially if it's in the process of shedding its skin. Feeding of wild prey to snakes is illegal in some European countries. Rodents as food should be humanely pre-killed and from captive colonies that are disease-free and parasite-free. Snakes should also not be fed in groups since competition for the food may cause injury. Thongs should be used to provide the food to keep human scent separated from the snake's thoughts of food. Young snakes shed their skin about once a month. The frequency decreases with growth, and adult snakes shed about twice a year. Snakes should not be handled when their eyes are clouded by shedding skin. They do not eat, cannot see well, and will become agitated during shedding. Shedding in snakes begins by stretching the mouth open, and typically the entire body from front to back will shed in one piece. The new skin of snakes just following shedding is fragile and can be damaged. Handlers should never restrain a snake by its tail since there's risk of muscular injury to the snake. Ball pythons and corn snakes are bred strictly for unusual colors by some breeders, using inbreeding and subsequently weakening the species. Snake diets should also be assessed since brittle bones from malnutrition are common and require gentle handling to avoid fractures. Before handling lizards, handlers should be familiar with their species, their temperament, and diet. Metabolic bone disease, which is demineralized bones that fracture easily, are caused by poor diets which often occur in pet lizards. In addition, most lizards have explosively quick movements that can put them in danger of being dropped during handling. Proper handling restraint and handling over tables can minimize the risk of that lizard being dropped and possibly breaking bones from the fall. Live insect prey should not be left in the feeding enclosure. If the lizard loses interest, the insects may cause eye damage to the lizard by feeding on eye moisture. Abby says she has an eye for good food, but not an eye for consumption by insects. Yuck. The risk of zoonoses from wild-caught reptiles are much greater than from captive-bred reptiles. Other than bites and claw wounds, the only zoonotic disease of great significance from captive-bred reptiles is salmonellosis. There's a high degree of risk of acquiring salmonellosis from reptiles, especially those that appear healthy. The morbidity and mortality of salmonellosis can be high, particularly in humans who are young, elderly, or have an impairment of their immunity. Reptiles captured in the wild, especially if the reptile is an exotic species, can have many other zoonoses. Reptiles can carry salmonella bacteria in their digestive tract without symptoms. Infected humans can have diarrhea, vomiting, and fever if confined to the digestive tract. Invasion of the bloodstream can occur and result in sepsis, abscesses in various organs, and meningitis. Children, elderly, and immunocompromised people are at higher risk of infection. Children less than five years of age should not handle reptiles, 
and households with children under one year of age should not keep reptiles in the house. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimate that more than 70,000 people in the United States acquire salmonellosis from reptiles each year. Pet reptiles can be the cause for 5 to 11% of human salmonellosis in the United States. Transmission is by direct contact with a reptile or objects or surfaces which they have touched. Salmonella can remain infective on objects and surfaces for days and even longer on wet wooden enclosures. The risk of salmonellosis is greatest in aquatic reptiles that defecate in water. Federal regulations ban the sale of turtles with shells less than 4 inches in length due to the risk of transmitting salmonellosis, especially to small children. Edwards saliosis is a disease of handler skin or digestive tract that can be acquired by exposure to reptile feces or reptile-contaminated water. Carrier reptiles can appear normal. Campylobacteriosis can be transmitted to humans from reptiles, but there's no evidence it can be transmitted to healthy adults with a normal immune system. Pentazomiasis, tongueworms, is a disease caused by respiratory worms of large exotic snakes. The worms pass eggs and snake feces and respiratory secretions, which, if ingested by humans, will penetrate the intestines become encysted and calcify. Eating underprepared snake meat can also be a source of infection. The incidence is primarily in wild-caught snakes in foreign countries. Reptile enclosures should not be located in or near human food preparation or storage areas. Enclosures should be spot cleaned daily with a thorough cleaning on a regularly scheduled basis. Cleaning should include disinfection with 5% bleach, sodium hypochlorite, followed by thorough rinsing before reintroducing the animal. Phenol or pine scent disinfectants should be avoided. All cleaning equipment such as sponges, buckets, and sinks should be cleaned and disinfected. Cleaning of reptile enclosures should not involve soaking in bathtubs, basins, or laundry sinks. When cleaning reptile enclosures, gloves and protective glasses or goggles should be worn. Reptiles should not be allowed to roam freely in a home or living area, and they should be kept out of food preparation areas. A handler of reptiles should wear appropriate dress to protect against skin contamination with skin scales or saliva, urine, or other body secretions. Reptiles should never be fed by hand, nor allowed near a human's face. Hands should be washed after handling any reptile or objects touched by a reptile. Handlers should not eat or drink while handling reptiles. Young children, the elderly, pregnant women, and children with immunosuppressive diseases or immunosuppressive medications should not handle reptiles due to the risk of salmonellosis. Now, let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Live food should not be fed to reptiles for their own safety. Snakes should be fed individually in enclosures reserved just for feeding. 
Salmonellosis is a significant risk when handling reptiles, particularly those that are aquatic or semi-aquatic. Eye protection and gloves should be worn when cleaning reptile enclosures. Evie says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about handling of colonians and snakes. Hey Abby, did you know that there's a Buddhist snake temple in Penang, Malaysia with pit vipers that roam through the temple's incense smoke? You want to go see it? She said, holy smokes, no. No.